Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody, it is Eric J. Olson, and I am live for another interview for the Managing Partners Podcast. This is where we interview America's top managing partners to find out how they got started and what they're doing to grow their firms. And today, from New Orleans, Michael Ricci. Hey, Mike. How you doing, buddy? Fantastic. Appreciate you making the time. Not a problem, man. Pleasure. Cool. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. So Mike Ricci is the managing partner of Ricci Partners, which focuses on real estate, professional liability defense, corporate law, and financial institution litigation and counseling. Once again, welcome to the podcast. It's appreciated to be here, buddy. Well, besides what I just told the audience, tell us a little bit about yourself and your firm. I'm born and raised down in New Orleans. I basically went to school around Louisiana. Out of New Orleans, went to LSU, came back to Loyola Law School, got my LLM uh, in real estate at the University of Miami, uh, but I've been practicing down here for almost 12 years now. Uh, lucky enough to start my own firm in 2014. We've been able to grow year over year and been really fortunate with that. We're now six full-time attorneys, including myself, one of counsel. We have one office. We're looking to expand uh, slowly into Mississippi as we have the chance. We have a couple of lawyers that are now barred in Mississippi of work that kind of synergistically fits with Louisiana, Mississippi nice. as uh, sister states. And we really focus basically on corporate law. You know, real estate has been a huge factor in my business. I got lucky enough to do a lot of work for brokerages and real estate agents and professional liability, which opened the door to a lot of connections for developers, banks, and different companies. And one door begets another door and just really helped us take off. You know, nothing astronomical, but extremely steady year over year growth where every year has been our best year so far. And we hope we continue that as we grow. But yeah, it's basically, it's, it's a corporate practice that deals with, you know, kind of the, the stalwarts of business, especially in South Louisiana. That's awesome. So six attorneys, one office going to two offices in Mississippi. How far away physically would you be open in that second office? About an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, what we're looking at is, you know, over the course of the next year and a half, Gulfport, which is depending on the traffic. If you're evacuating from a hurricane, it takes about eight hours. If you're doing a normal trip, it's about an hour. You know, that's what our goal is. We have, a again, we've been really lucky to have a lot of clients that, you know, are not Louisiana specific, but they're regional and, and we know their business and, and we feel like we go in there. We've had discussions with them about expanding, you know, the work we do for them in other states, just on a general counsel basis, but also in the litigation. I think that's something we could do. So yeah, just probably about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, you know, change. Having another place, you know, it helps a lot to have, you know, just a base operations, as you're aware. It puts roots in the ground for That's any right. form of place that you're having. So now I know everything's a little bit more digital and Zoom helps, obviously, you know, as I told you earlier, you're great at troubleshooting these Zoom things. It's just it's having feet in the ground is, is important still, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Boots on the ground is important. Being part of the community. Uh, we were talking about your polo shirt earlier for kids and how there's, you know, it's a charity that's local and, and you get involved and you get to meet other people, uh, which yeah. kind of leads me into my second question. Um, how do you go about getting new clients? So the first and foremost way, and I know it's like kind of an old trope for attorneys is referrals. Referrals is always the biggest thing on attorneys. You know, you do good work, 
for someone, you know, uh, it's a weird thing that happens with lawyers. It feels like it's almost, this is my lawyer and people like to brag on their lawyers or just say this person will do a good job because they trust you. So, you know, starting off a long time ago, you know, you have someone, you do a good job for them. They're telling other people, especially if you're in a certain type of industry, it kind of grows off of that. And that opens doors to other industries at the same time period. So I think referral base is, is always important because referrals are direct statements from people saying that you've done a good job for them in the past, you know, and that's always going to be, at least in my opinion, first and foremost in what we're doing. But other than getting your name out there, you know, putting yourself out in the community, joining groups, you know, I used to be a, a part of like a credit union. It gave me a really good insight you know, as a board member to, to learn about, you know, how these things operate, meeting the people on those boards who come from diverse backgrounds. It's getting yourself out there, I think, and making sure your associates and the people that are working with you as they're growing with you, it's not just you as a client base, everyone's their own client base and having them do that. But then it, it comes out to marketing and which is the hardest thing, I think, for lawyers, especially if you're not, you know, a personal injury attorney uh, is figuring out how to best use dollars to market yourself online, in print, TV and all those kind of things. And that's always you'll constantly be learning that I'm still learning that, you know, we, we've tried multiple different things. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But it's that's the third wave, I think, where it, especially which helps you expand greatly way outside your referral network. But it's also the hardest to, to really lock down and nail down. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you 100%. When, when I first started this business, all the work came from my network. But after a couple of years, I realized that that I was I had kind of tapped into that whole network. And the only thing that I could do was either expand the network or go beyond it. Right. So and, and you want to do both. Right. But expanding that network is time consuming and whatnot. So, yeah, it's good to do both, but you can only do so much, especially if you're an open a second office. You can't be in two you know, cities at once. That's that's difficult. Yeah. Well, and you need to trust the people that you're working with, too. I mean, that's that's the biggest stuff is that it can't just be you. You need to rely on your team to also be a part of it. Yeah. To, to kind of take their network and bring it into yours and expand. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a great point, actually. Well, cool. You know, there, there seems to be a period of time in, in almost any business. But when you find out whether it's a referral or marketing or some something else where you find out about a potential client and then there's some nurturing that goes on meetings or whatnot, and, and then they turn into a client. What are some things that you do during that period of time that you feel is a good use of your time and resources? And, and then also, how do you track all these things that you're doing? One of the things that's always, I think, has benefited me well or benefited me more than not benefited me is just being upfront, you know, especially that first impression and connection with people. People come, if it's litigation especially, people come in, I want to do X, Y, I want to Sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's very corporate-like, but there's usually some form of directed purpose for it. And if you have the experience to know what these things generally turn into, being an, as upfront as possible to them at the beginning kind of starts a good baseline with a potential new client. Because try not to curse, but you could throw a lot of BS is the word to them about how well you're going to do. You know, what's likely going to happen is if you don't do as well as you can do, or if you know it's not going to be as clean or as straightforward or as quick, especially quick as they'd want, you know, it's probably going to be a one-off case. You're not going to make a connection with these individuals. And so it's thinking about whether or not, do you need this work now, or do you want to develop and nurture a relationship for the long term? And that's what, what I at least try to do in my time. And it's hopefully, I think it's worked. The second thing is staying in touch and being available. It's especially if you're an attorney that's doing litigation or even transactional work, 
unless you're one of those people that, you know, and it's great if you are, that's doing one or two files. You know, you have one or two massive files that just take up all your time for a year, two years, et cetera. You know, then if you're in that boat, you're in your own world. And it's great because you have that high amount of work that sustains you, et cetera. And that becomes your, your day-to-day grind. But for a lot of attorneys, especially people that are growing, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening. Multiple cases, you have multiple requests, you have multiple individuals asking information, questions. What do I do? You know, what are we doing in this case, et cetera, and just being available. And it's hard because yeah, there's just so many hours in the day, but time is the complete value of a lawyer to their clients and, and making sure that those people feel recognized. They're not just being pushed aside once they come in and provide a retainer, you know, and staying in contact with them, either through email, phone calls, making sure you they know that you're thinking of them because you are. It's just sometimes you can't always get to them at every given minute, but to, to make sure they know, you know, you're not getting pushed to the side. I do have to do X, but you are Y next in line, you know, and making sure they know that you're focusing on them and what their problems are. That, that's great advice. You know, I, I've definitely noticed that if, if I have to ask my lawyer or someone else what the status is, it's usually because I haven't heard from them. I have doubts about yeah. what's going on. And, and certainly like in our business, if a client reaches out to us to find out the status that tells me clearly we haven't communicated enough yep. with them. Then I have this saying around here that communication is always the problem. It's not that we don't do you know good work. It's not that you don't do great legal work. Generally speaking, if we don't do good work, we're going to not go very far in the business world, yep. right? All of us, but communication is that key thing. And so you need to make sure that you continue to communicate with your clients and let them know of all the good things that you're doing for them. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. Yeah, it's, look, every lawyer that's trying to grow, that's growing a practice, that's doing it, everyone knows, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on day to day. Things pivot and change day to day. You got tons of stuff going on. Sometimes you feel like you can't manage it. And, you know, sometimes, you know, as a lawyer, you think, you know, I wish my clients knew what I was doing on a day-to-day basis, you know, for them and for a multitude of other people to make sure that this works. You know, you still got to put yourself in their shoes. They're specifically coming to you to help out a problem. It could be personal, it could be business. It could be something extremely important to them. It could be not important, but they want to make sure it's taken care of appropriately. And you have to remember, you know, that's, you're getting paid money for your time on those things, you have to stay in touch, make sure they're aware of it, even if it's a stagnant case. And sometimes, especially in defense matters, if they're gonna let it go stagnant, it's gonna get stagnant and that's a plus. It's gonna put you in a better position to negotiate. It's gonna put you in a better position in the court to get a dismissal at a later time period summarily, you know, but you still have to explain to them why it's gone stagnant, what the benefits of it being stagnant are and what the plan is as it eventually becomes non-stagnant that you could hopefully use that as a benefit. That's especially something I learned over the last few years. You know, it's, you know, as a lawyer in this specific case, if something's kind of tapped out for a little while, it's probably a plus if you're defending this thing. And sometimes plaintiff wise too, if they're going to go out, if you're going out there plaintiff wise and defendants, you have a multiple group defendant issue and they're fighting it out and you're sitting there saying, well, I'm gonna let them go do this while I sit back and reap benefits from that, that could be a legitimate strategy strategy that works in the past and could work in a case, but you gotta let your people know about it. So they're just not sitting there hoping, you know, you're doing something, let them in behind the scenes because it, it's important for them to know about it. 
That's interesting. So even if there's effectively no activity going on, let them know that there's no activity, you're aware of it. And it's part of the strategy, yeah. right? And this is a good thing or it's a bad thing. But yeah, it's just a checking in, right? What have you done yeah, yeah. lately? It, and- yeah, it's not it's not that, you know, stagnation is, is a good thing in every single case. But there are times where, you know, this is going to sit and it could benefit you in the short run. Just let them know, because sometimes things are going to fall off a little bit. A court may push something back. 60 to 90 days where, you know, there isn't going to be activity because that's the log jam we have to get past for this case to really pick up. Let them know what's happening, you know, and just like you said, keeping people informed, you know, they're paying you money per hour. They're paying you in a contingency. They're paying you for your time in one way or another. They are part of the case. It's not just the lawyer. You need to make sure that they're a part of it with you. Love it. That's great. And now going back to your future expansion into Mississippi, I'm going to ask this question because I think there's a lot of managing partners that that watch or listen that want to do what you're about to do. And I'm guessing you've kind of you know thought through the plans, maybe even like looked at office space, whatnot. Do you anticipate that you're going to basically take your existing office and duplicate it? Or are you going to have some sort of shared resources? Like what, what kind of like level of support do you think that you need uh, either direct with lawyers or indirect with staff, paralegals and whatnot in that new office? So I, I think to start off, and like I said, this is a one to two year like plan as we're transitioning because we're starting to do work in Mississippi on a regular basis now, you know, and the plan is to slowly go in there, have a presence on the ground, et cetera. But I think on the beginning when we're starting, it's more of, you know, we could do this from here as we slowly get our feet you know, on the gr- ground there. You know, do I think that the goal is to have a permanent presence attorney? or attorneys there? Yes. Do I think that we would need to have support staff that would start being there? Yes. Now, the the great thing about technology, and look, you know, as I'm learning technology too, because it's constantly evolving, you know, technology allows you to be here and also support someone there. It's really simple. I mean, we're doing this podcast simply right before another meeting, and I'm sure you've got a bunch today too. You could do a lot of things there, but I think you start off, make it organic, make money off of it, Make sure you have your base there and you slowly expand. I think that's what we're trying to do. But in the office space, yes, we've looked into it, you know, trying to figure out the right city because there are a couple spots along the way. There's the city where we really want to be in, which is which I'll tell you is Gulfport, because I think that's a nice hub for the area. There's cities that's closer. where We have more connections to. We don't know yet. But I mean, since we have the work there and we're establishing that work there, you know, we think it's the right goal because, I mean, the whole thing is. There's just so much work you could have with the team that you have in a given area. And if you could expand it out, maybe you could, you know, grow that, you know, naturally and by, by hustling. I like the strategy. I I mentioned briefly, we have, I have a lawyer, a business lawyer here in the Norfolk, Virginia beach area. And, and they've done exactly what you just said, which is start off just kind of like visiting an area and then visiting for longer periods of time. They opened like a virtual office and then they sent one of their guys out there and slowly but surely. And that was their strategy. And it seems to be working very well. I, it I think it worked for, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I, I just think it's a good idea to have like the strategy, like you said. And then when you're ready, execute each step. Growing this firm, you know, we it, it took so long for me to get another attorney and then to get. The second attorney after that took even longer. It's just gun shy. And then, you, then you're ready to go. And then you get another attorney. And it's probably a little bit too early. And you're growing into that. So it's just you're learning as you go. But, you know, that organic growth is the biggest thing. And that's why, you know, it's not like 
I don't think of it as a plan to have X amount of attorneys, you know, in a couple of years, but it's like a plan to where we'd have the work to support X amount of attorneys in a couple of years. And whether we have those attorneys, we don't, you know, that's there, but is the work there to support that much to for that growth. So you can make the determination as to growing or not. You have that business that's in existence. And hopefully that, you know, if you need the lawyers, you can get the lawyers, you hopefully find great ones, but it's the work and growing that work. That's the problem. And that might make it stressful for a short time period, but I think you reap the benefits as you grow organically like that. I think that's fantastic. Well, I really appreciate your time. We're going to wrap it up here. because I think that was a really strong point that we ended on, you know, how to grow and whatnot. If someone would like to reach out to you and ask more questions about your growth strategy, or maybe they have a referral for you, what is a good way to get in touch with you? Our website is always the easiest thing. RicciPartnersLLC.com, R-I-C-C-I-P-R-T-N-E-R-S-L-L-C.com. The typical stuff in regards to the website, you have an info box, you can get my email address, shoot me an email. If you need to get in touch with me, I'm pretty accessible. Shoot me an email directly, shoot info an email directly, and I'll be in touch quickly thereafter. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. If you would like to check out more episodes like this, you can see our entire backlog at ArrayLaw.com slash podcast. We are also on all of the podcasting platforms where you'd expect to find podcasts, Apple, Google, and many, many others. Also, if you're looking for digital marketing for your law firm, that's what my company, Array Digital, does. You can find us at ArrayLaw.com, and we explain our services, which are website design, SEO, online advertising, and social media. Mike, appreciate it. No problem, buddy. Take care.